Here we go in Parsha's Miketz as we continue the Parshios of Yosef and his brothers. As we mentioned uh, last week, Parsha's Miketz, Tav Shin Pei Dalet. Um, as uh, the Torah tells us, uh, Yosef starts off the Parsha in jail and he is forgotten. The Sarhamashkim didn't only not mention him, but forgot him, the double Lashon, as is described at the end of Parshas Vayeshev, and then we have the beginning of Parshas Miketz, the end of two years, and Ufarach Paro has dreams, many dreams, as we know, in Sefer Bracious, uh throughout the Sefer, um, last week, this week, so many dreams. Earlier, Parshas Vayetze, as has been noted, there are many dreams in Sefer Bracious, and there are no dreams elsewhere in the Torah, because this is a Sefer of dreams, a Sefer of thinking about the future. So, Paro has a dream. Paro has a double dream, even, as is described in the Torah. Uh, he dreams about the cows, uh, the fat cows and the skinny cows, and then Pasuk Dalid, after he has this uh, disturbing dream, by Yikatz Paro, he woke up. But then the very next Pasuk says, Vayishon, and he fell asleep. Vayachalam Shenis, he dreams again. He dreams about the stalks. The skinny stalks swallow the fat stalks. Vayikatz Paro, again the phrase, Vihinei Chalom. What is that phrase? Vinei Chalom, Rashi, Vinei Nishlam, Chalom Shalem Lefanav. An entire, complete dream. Potrim, and now he needs, uh, needs interpretations. Needs interpretations. The Sifse Chachamim says, The, the second waking up was close to the morning. He sees that his dream, uh, has already been completed. Rav Sternbach, though, in source number one, that we have to appreciate what exactly uh, Paro did here and what he didn't do. Paro had a disturbing dream, and he woke up. And what did he do? He went right back to sleep. And then, by the morning, as the Sechachamim reflects, oh, by the morning, okay, it's time to get up. But he had a, he had a dream before that. Mikanon Uroim, says the Tambadah, says the, says the uh, Rav Sternbach, from here we see and recognize the focus of Paro's life. It was about... Gashmi physical, meaning what overtook him? What was the greatest value in Paro's life? Sleep. Even though he had a wondrous dream, like he was the king, he could have woken up the Khartoumim in the middle of the night if he had a, a difficult, um, disturbing dream. But no, he had a disturbing dream. He went back to sleep. He wasn't scared and or woken. When he, he uh, dreamed again, I just want to sleep. I just want to sleep. When he finishes sleeping, only once he finishes sleeping does he's like, okay, now I'll deal with the disturbing nature of my of my dreams. But not before that. Same thing with Parshas Bo. Paro, same position uh, there, same person, unclear, right? Melachadash. But in Parshas Bo, Moshe Rabbeinu Hodiel Paro. Shabachatzi Alayla, Kaddish Baruch Hu, Yaakov Kalbachar. Kaddish Baruch Hu, through Moshe Rabbeinu, tells Paro that the firstborns are going to be hit. V'kvaro Paro, Shevi Moshe Biskaim. There's already been nine Makas. Nine Makas. And Bahailo Lakshosh, and Paro himself was a Bachar. Maybe Lakshosh owed Yosef Shugufa Bachar. But still, what does it say? an underrated Pasik that we don't appreciate. Under appreciated Pasik. Vayakam Paro Lilo. So Vayakam, does that mean he just got up? Got up physically? Maybe. Or if Sternbach says, right, what does Rashi emphasize? Mimi Tasso, from his bed. He was in bed. 
Even the Nanamachas Bacharos, I'm not giving up on my sleep. Right? We don't, again, we, we don't um, denigrate sleep. And sleep is important, and uh, sleep is, is part of the human condition. But sleep can't be the focus. Meidak like of Shermbach says, we find Mosim Shifcham shall Ovdei Hashem, Sha'on de Beis Hashem Balelos. Where, like David Melech also says, we're Menadei Shena Me'enai. Right? We push away sleep. We sleep, but we don't sleep so much because we want to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu and use every waking hour. Umakdim lakum avodas Hashem ba'olayla. V'lolet sarchem alavodas halokeinu yisparach. Why are we waking up? So, of course, one has to sleep. One has to make sure that sleep is not an ends, like it was to Paro, but it was a, it was a, a means. Sometimes on Shabbos, we know, there's a, there's a mitzvah of Onik Shabbos, as we know, Shana B'Shabbos Tainug, uh, but we always have to make sure that sleep is not the goal. Sleep is, is wonderful, and it's uh, enjoyable on Shabbos. There's nothing like sleep on Shabbos, right, the Neshama Yaseira, but we have to recognize that that's not the goal of Shabbos. The goal of Shabbos is to get invigorated and, and to reinvigorated and have koach to have another week. But that's also with Torah, that's also with tefillah, that's also with uh, ruchniyah. So we have to make sure that we use um, the gashmiyah, that's part of our life, but not like paro. If something disturbs us, go back to sleep. That's not what, uh, that's not what we do. Okay. Uh, moving right along. So paro wakes up and he does not like any of his chartumim's uh, interpretations. He calls to all the Chartumim, those that interpret, and the magicians, and all of their wise men. Paro tells him his dream. There are no interpreters for Paro. What does that mean? As Rashi says, there were interpreters, but not Paro. Paro did not accept any of the interpretations. He didn't think... Um, they were acceptable and proper interpretations. As Rashi says, his, their, their voice did not go into his ears. They used to say, Sometimes we mention, you know, what, what didn't he accept about their interpretations? How did he know they were wrong? How did he know they was, it was different? And the answer is because those interpretations leave nothing to him. Right, there's no message here from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. There's no message that he's supposed to do something with the uh, with the information that he has been given. So if that's the case, then what was the purpose of the dreams? Paro realizes that these dreams are to, are to tell him something. He realizes they're not just uh, some you know um, visions of the night. So until Yosef came along and left open the possibility to do something, so that's when that's when uh, he accepted. Okay, so he goes, they don't accept any of the, uh, he doesn't accept any of their interpretations until finally the Sar HaMashkin pipes up. My sins, my sins I remember. Remember, you got angry at me. You threw me in jail. And we, me and the Sar HaOfim of blessed memory, says the Sar HaMashkin. Uh, we each had dreams, and there was a great interpreter there. There was a nar, a Jewish uh, lad, a servant to the Rabbi Sarah Tabachim, right to Potiphar. He was perfect. He was great, and he said exactly what was going to happen. And Paro says, "Okay." As Yosef, and they hurried him in. So Rashi already notes Ivri. Eved Ivri, what's Eved Ivri? That this is an insult. 
This is an insult. Nar Evid Ivri, or Nar Ivri Evid, says Rashi, Arurim Harishaim. The wicked shall be cursed. She'ain Tovasim Shlema. Even though Yosef helped out the Saramashkim, but still the Saramashkim does not uh, have a karasato foli. Shemaskir Blashim Bizayun. He is maskir him in a Bizayun Lashon. If you look in the source number two, the Lekatov, uh, Likud quotes here the Machze Eliyahu. The Machze Eliyahu, who quotes, Ketzad here if Saramashkim, but Oz Benafsho, Lagit Shkarm Kelelelamelech. How could he say this to the king? Right, the king is going to see how amazing Yosef is. So, what's he trying to do here? Right, but all the time that they, they were in the jail together, surely he recognized how far Yosef is from being a shota. I didn't read the next Rashi, right? He's a fool. The second he started talking to Yosef, he realized he's not a fool. So what, what was the Saramashkim doing here? Saramashkim was like saying he's a fool, but Paro's going to see. You're like telling Paro, but you're messing, messing up your words. You realized. Saramashkim must have realized how wise Yosef was. So what is he saying here? Why is he calling him a shota? Really, the Saramashkim did not tell him that he was a shota. Allah Amrlo, he just said the words, Naar Ivri Eved. He said those words that are in the Pasik. But when you hear those words, what do you think? He said something that could be interpreted in the negative, but also if he's ever blamed in the future, you know, he can say, I never said it, never said it. You know, sometimes there are people who who um, you know are told by their lawyers to say something very powerful in order to not admit to anything, but not to you know, um, say something that could be held against you in the future. So that's what the Sahamashkim was doing here, says the Machselio. What does he mean by Nar? Does he mean a lad, a foolish lad? That's what it might mean. That's what an Evid is, that's what a Nar is. But he didn't say it beferish. Right, you see the wickedness. He wanted to insult, but he also wanted to cover himself. He didn't say a lie to ensure his defense. But he wanted to do as much as he can to already plant into Paro's mind, you know, this dirty, filthy Jew. He didn't say it. But he planted the seed that it's possible. And what does this do? Now he says, and what does this have to do with us? The Machsaliyo quotes here the importance and the significance of first impressions. First impressions are so deep, it's very hard to undo first impressions. And that is the danger of Lashon Hara. One of the hardest, most uh, difficult um, damages. I, I tell somebody Lashon Hara, and then I say, oh, I made it up, it's not true, I apologize. It's in the mind. It's in the mind. If he wants to be ochre, those words, he'll never be totally 
We're not like a Kaddish Baruch Hu where this tshuva and the past is wiped away. Right? We're not on that level. Once we hear something, we hear it. Dover zem is barn apasik at the hillim. Chitzei gibar shinunim im gachalei resamim. Right, and that's uh, understood by Chazal as talking about the lips, the words. Rotam who eats, and why is it Lashon compared to a burning log? Shekasher madlikim also who boer yamim rabim. When you when you uh, um, burn a log, even when it starts going out, the embers burn for a long time. A long time. Uh, you could just put a match, something to the embers. And then it could it could relight, it could relight. Mikan lamada alshech line twenty. Shal yachshav adam shemasaper lashanar biyado lakar dvar varum. You could just undo what one does, says the alshech. That you shadibra chaver that you spoke to your friend. Oshi you advarim nishkachim ileva shamea. Or you could cause it to be forgotten from the one who you told it to. Hadvarim nichnasim lozei shamea v'chodim l'nevinavshu. Goes into like like a coal goes into his nefesh, and he gives an unbelievable mashal, which is so true. Somebody tells me that so-and-so is lazy. So-and-so is a lazy, he's Atzlan. And then I see him, he works hard, he's such a, such a, uh, a, a responsible and loyal and hardworking worker. For 10 years I can see he's a Zariz. You know what? One time I see him relax a little bit. One time I see him take a little, take a little break. You know what's going to go into my mind? I'm going to remember the original the original comment. One time. Because that was the first impression. That's what the Sarah Mashkin was trying to do here. He was laying the seed. He wasn't doing it in a mazic way. Wasn't doing it in a mazic way, but he was doing it in a way that, you know, could be damaging enough, but to cover himself. All I said was nar. All I said was nar. Of course, he's a wonderful, wise, smart, but he was trying to do something worse. That's the rishos. That's the rishos. And if you get the continuation, he quotes from Mechayin Shvalevitz, one of the Sikhas Musr, which will also have another one, Be'ez Hashem, says, maybe that's another deeper pshat of, of Beis Hillel. Right? Erevin Yud Gimel. It says Yudalit. Um, why... But the the Baskol, right, Halakha Gabesil, so if the Eluva Elu Devil Kim Chaim asked the Gemara, so why was Basil Zoha to have the Halakha Nikva like their words? Vibray, the Gemara says, Are you showing him Devray and Devray Beshamai? Because they also studied Beshamai's words. And not only did they also study Beshamai's words, but Velo Od Ella, Shayu Magdimin Devray Beshamai Devrayam. They also were Makdim Beshamai's words to their own. They learned it first. What's the emphasis of that? So it's related to this idea. He explains, Rebbe explains, because we know the, the halacha is that a dayan is not allowed to hear the one side without the other side being there. And the Sefer Mitzvah says, why? Because you don't want a first impression different. Somebody's going to speak differently if the other person, if the other party is there or not. Let them both be there and let them both and let them both talk. And that's what this, uh, this, this, uh, Saramashkin was trying to do. But that's what Beis Hillel studied first. They had a machlokes. But then, let's revisit it. They revisited first the other opinion. First Beis Shammai's opinion. And if still they followed their own opinion, that shows conviction. That shows real intellectual, uh, depth. Line 12. May avas ha'emes. They did it on purpose. 
They shouldn't have any little netia to follow their own opinion. Okay. Moving right along, but staying right where we are. Another thought on this Pasuk, on this Rashi, from the Apirion, the author of the Kitzel Shulchan Aruch of Shlomo Gansfried, right? Every generation, right? He's more known for his Kitzel Shulchan Aruch. Every generation, post Shulchan Aruch, you know, the, uh, there was a great post to try to make it easier for us. You know, the Shulchan Aruch in the 1500s with the Ramah, and then in the 1600s, we have all the Nosek Kalim, all the primary Nosek Kalim on the Shulchan Aruch in the 1600s. The Mogan Avram and the Taz and the Shach and the Sman, the Chokas Bechokik and the Mishmuel, they're all there, but the Rabbanon and our great leaders realized that we'd get lost. We get lost if we had to study the Shulchan Aruch and all the commentaries. The Shulchan Aruch wrote his Sefer to be studied once a month. All Dalat Chalkei Shulchan Aruch. If you take away all of the Mefarshim, you just write the Shulchan Aruch, it's not such a big book. It is a big book, but it's not 15 huge volumes. So that's how it was written. But the Mefarshim afterwards, you know, there's so much to say about the, uh, the Shulchan Aruch. So in the 1700s, um, the Chai Adam realized that we need a shortened Sefer. So he combined and wrote the Chai Adam. The 1800s, Another one, Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. Then in the 1900s, the Mishra Baruch says, you know what, let's put the Shulchan Aruch on top, and I'll summarize everything on the bottom. A little bit of Chadesh Amenu Keketem, getting back to the uh, the original. Okay, but says the Apirion in his Sefer on Chumash, the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, he quotes the Rashi, and again he says, he says, V'lech Ora, Koshe, Gama Lamelech Ivas Bezeu. Didn't the uh, Sar Mashkim, isn't he, like, did something wrong? The king's struggling all morning to get an interpreter for his dreams. And then all of them don't work, and then all of a sudden the Saramashkim mentions, Why is he quoting this? Why is he telling the king about uh, Yosef? To try to help him out. To try to help him. You know, you want, it, you want to be optimistic. You want to be positive, and this is what you say? You think the king is going to be happy about that? Gnus. To say in front of the king some type of negativity, al-eza adam terem yachkaru, right, about a person before the king does his own investigation. You want this person to help out the king, so what was the Saramashkim doing? Again, we gave one shot, but now let's give another shot. Yeshlomar says the Aperion. The Saramashkim was a little stuck. He was a little stuck. Why? And this is why, because he was stuck, he had to insult Yosef a little bit. This is what he was apologizing for. Right? A different shot than what we just said. Paro, you know, could have gotten angry at him. Why did he delay? Why didn't he tell me right away? He saw I was struggling. take it for Right when Paro went to bring all the Khartoumim, Paro should have said, the Basar Mashkim should have said, There's a guy in jail. So why didn't he say right away? So maybe the Saramashkim didn't want to give Yosef the credit, but now he sees Ein Breira. I'll give you a mashal, explains the Aperion for what the Saramashkim did. There's a rich man that has a sick uh, family member. And there are tremendous uh, experts in the city. All the great doctors. And there are also doctors that are not so expert. Who do you call first? Obviously the experts. 
We're not going to be malad bakodesh. You just start with the best. He's going to call all the great, amazing doctors. But if he sees that they're not helping him, he sees that they're not being successful with healing. Then what is he going to do? Okay, he'll try anything. I'll try the one that is not a mumche. I might as well. You try everybody that you can. So you tried the expert doctors, then you try the non-expert doctors. So that's the Saramashkim. He didn't want to say at the beginning that, oh, I have somebody, because he didn't think that he was uh, such a great expert. He was covering himself. Maybe he didn't want to say because of the Rishos, because he was an Evid Ivri. But now he has to say, so what's he going to say? Oh, he's not an expert. I'll let you use all of your professional Khartoumim first. Right, you and that's why he lowered him because he was explaining, he was trying to say why he didn't mention him in the first place. Skip a couple of lines. That's why I didn't say it right away. Use the expert one. But now that I see didn't help, so that's why I'm giving you this other is uh, other suggestion. So this is the tube shot that we have. Whether it was uh, an insult to say enough to uh, to insult him, but not to say it explicitly enough so that he's covered up. Or number two, he didn't want to say, but now he's explaining that he didn't say at the beginning because uh, he thought that he was not uh, an expert. Okay, moving right along to the. Uh, interpretation itself. So Yosef says, it's all one dream, and Hashem is just emphasizing it, uh, and it's all about uh, seven years, and Yosef gives the whole interpretation, Chalom Paro Echadu, and uh, after that, finally, Yosef says, Paro should appoint somebody wise and insightful, over Eretz Mitzrayim. Yaseh parav yafkit pekidim al Eretz. You should have different officers. The chimesh is Eretz Mitzrayim b'shevash ne'asava. And you have to make sure, you have to uh, uh, make all the supply last and uh, prepare. The yikbutu has kaloch al-hashon ha-matovos. Yosef tells him exactly what to do. Gather all the food in the early years. Had ba'os ha'ileh. V'yitzpru bar tachaz yad para ochal bar and b'shamaron will be guarded. V'yochal l'pikadon la'aretz. You'll have it for those seven years following in the hunger. And uh, the land won't be cut off in famine. It was it worked out very well. They liked it because it was something that they could do. And Paro says to his servant, Rather you find somebody who has such ruach elukim. Famous question that the Svarim asks, I gave it to you here from the Shemanatov. I think we might have done this Shemanatov in the first year of our Shiurim, 15 years ago. The Shemanatov there notes, you know, who asked Yosef his, his uh, opinion? Para said, interpret my dream. And he interpreted the dream. And starting from the Pasuk that we just read, starting with Viata, Pasuk Lama Gimbal, he's giving his only, he's giving his own, you know, his own uh, advice. Para never asked him for that. What's Yosef doing? Mavor B'svarim. 
Yosef knew he was the only one that could fit the job. El dechashash ulai lo yashlimu hamitzrayim as imarayon demishu eved yimloch. Right, but uh, he was nervous that it would uh, he would never be able to do it. But that's why he suggested it. But mikom akom sarach beer where it's underlined. Hakushya mufrasemes the me bikesh me Yosef eitzus. Who asked Yosef advice? Haloparo ratsa rak pitaran achalomos. Par wanted interpret my dreams. Veloshi yinu lo eitzus. Don't give me advice. We're proud eitzal minu yatsmo. I didn't ask you, and, and what's your advice? Appoint me? That's what he does. It has to be, says the Shem Anatov, the Yosef Ra Be'etzam Achalom to Petrona Mochiach Aminikazeh. It must be that Yosef saw in the interpretation itself, this was part of the interpretation. This wasn't something new. It was part. Where in the dream does it say this? Where in the dream does it have it that uh, Paro was supposed to appoint him? Where does it say that? Vahanira Bazeh says the Shem Anatov, it must be as follows. Not in terms of content, but in terms of purpose. In terms of purpose. Dechalinyan chalamos parabalo, chiach, all the dreams are pointing in a certain direction. Shekal mishi ishlo katkod barosho. Anybody who has a brain in their head. Tzorach lavin has to understand. Shemakadosh baruchu sholech la hatzlacha meruba. If Hashem sends you tremendous hatzlacha, zebechdei shiinatzol zos bishvil ha'asid. It's for you to take care of it. It's for you to have it for a future moment when you're going to need it. Hashem gives you something, save it. Right? Don't uh, waste it. Right? Save it because you're going to need it. There'll be difficult days. Don't spread it. That's the key point in all the dreams. Hashem is giving you information now to use to prepare for the future. Shekol, that's the that's why there's a dream and that's even the content of the dream. Shekol Iker Yemei Asova Hu Lahachin Al Yemei Arav. The Iker uh, days of, of of plenty is to prepare for the years of famine. Not like in the dream that the, they'll swallow up and you won't even know the the, the the years of plenty. No, the point is that Hashem is telling you prepare. Hashem is being mocked him. He's giving the refuah. Whoever has a mind to think a little into that, why is God? Why am I having this dream now? Yosef saw it, and Yosef told Paro, and that's why Paro liked it because Paro realizes that Hashem is giving him a message. Maybe that show, even shows uh, Paro's chashivus. Once Yosef sees this idea that this is all about the future, so he realizes part of preparing for the future is to to represent himself as the greatest preparer. As Haven but Yosef says to himself, if Par is getting that, Yosef then says about himself, it must be that's why I'm here too. It must be that's why this whole story happened with my brothers and the Mechira and Yaakov, because I'm also preparing for the future. Par was showed a dream that he should prepare for the future, but now it must be that I'm also, and I must be in a position to be able to help my brothers, and that's representing myself to Par. We're going to come down. Yosef realizes through hearing Paro's dream that he also is living a dream. Or maybe he's thinking back to his own dreams. 
The fact that he was sold to Mitzrayim, have Rabba. It's great achana la osama yama bamshi kashem Yisrael. The later years, the later days. By the Yosef Nigdru Yisrael Mitzrayim, through Yosef, the Jews were going to survive. Vinizbarla li Yosef, it became clear. Dumukrachuli Sharkan. Ulavia Vivu Beshvatum Mitzrayim must be now I realize. From Paro's dreams, Yosef realizes his his tafkid also. Amazing. That's why he suggested it himself, because this is the way he's going to be able to fulfill that tafkid. And he says that maybe that's the message of Hanukkah too, which is we still have the last couple of days of Hanukkah, even though Shabbos is no longer very unusual. Miketz is not Shabbos Hanukkah, but says the uh, Shemenatov, that's the Gemara Yuma Chavtes. We know Esther is Sofanisim. Ayelat Tashachar. Hanukkah did not make it in. Right, the Gemara asks, what about Hanukkah? No, Nitznal Likasev Ka'amrinan. Hanukkah did not make it into Torah Shebechsav. Hanukkah is the beginning of Torah Shebechsav. That's why the Rambam writes the story of Hanukkah in the beginning of Hanukkah, because there's no safer to look in. The Rambam doesn't have to tell you the Purim story, because it's in the Megillah. But Hanukkah is, no, it's Torah Shebechsav. Why? Because this Hanukkah is about preparing. Preparing Am Yisrael. This was the Chag that we're going to take with us in the darkness of Galus. It's the light of Hanukkah. The light of Hanukkah. Delacher Hanukkah, line 28. There's no more. Beginning of this terrible Golos. So we could be Makuyim in these days of darkness. Hashem gives us great days. In order to strengthen ourselves for more difficult days. And maybe that's even in the name Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the Russian of Chinuch. Chinuch means to, to re-sanctify, um, re, uh, but also from the word Lechanech is to prepare, like the mitzvah of Chinuch, to prepare for the future. The whole message, the whole yantiv of Hanukkah is preparing for the long gullus that we have to, to light up our, our darkness and in that way be able to allow us to uh, continue through this difficult, ch- challenging days that we have. Okay, so that's why Yosef gave his um, two cents in terms of giving advice to the um, to Paro. Okay, we move, we continue. Okay, moving right along, let's get into the answer that Paro gives. So first question we just dealt with was, is Yosef in the right that he tells Paro what he thinks should be done? But then what is Paro's reaction to what Yosef does? Or says, he should, what are you talking about? I didn't ask you for this. Paro does not say that. Paro says, first Paro says, to his avadim, hanimsa kaze isha sharuach alukimbo, yeah, you're the one. You're the one. What is it? What is it about Yosef's answer that grabs Paro? What is it that uh, puts in his head that he should be the leader of the country? So this is the second Sichas Musr that we have of the uh, of the evening. Says the Sichas Musr, <coughs> in source number six, right? What did he see? Inyan zehu tamua biyoser, he says on line three. Paro melech mitzrayim. Melech Gadol, Akol Sarav Avadav, King over all of his servants, Moshrim Es Shilton, Akol Aretz Lishzar, Nar Eved Ivri Sanu Nafsham. He gives it over to his uh, his Malchus, the 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 control to a stranger. Maro Etzlo Milvan Yecholu Vtor Chalom. Okay, he's a great dream interpreter. 
How does he know that it could be a great finance minister? How does he know that he could take care of the whole nation? Just um, good, being good at dreams. Amar Saba Mikel. Kirabo Paro. Yerashamayim. says, no, no, he saw something that he was not used to. Right? Remember what Avram Avinu said? Ein That's Paro in Mitzrayim. What does Paro see? Yerashalokim. That's something that was that was surprising. That was that was shocking to Paro. Elokim Yaneshlom Paro Umizehu Shis Paro Paro and Paro was mis Paro was in was in shock. Achrei Hodiyah Elokim Oschez Kolzos VeYirashamayim Oses Adam LeBarsamcha Yirashamayim makes a person gives him authority. Hakom is Batlu Mavatlan Asma Vrei Yirashamayim. Related to this. Related to this, he has it as a separate od yeshlomar, but maybe it's connected. Yosef didn't take the credit. Biladai says Rashi, ein elokim yana. It's the same idea. Yirat Shemaim, he realizes he's not the one in charge. He's not the one that has all the answers. Elokim yana yitain aniya befi l'shalom paro. Hashem's going to tell me. Ani shemati alecha lemar tishba chalom biladai ein koach zeshali. Nothing is his. Paro sees that also. Shocking, unusual, something that he's not used to. While everyone is praising uh, uh, Yosef, he removes himself from any Mila as if it's not Shaykhti and Biladai. Alish Kazeh you can be so much on this type of person. You could give the whole memshallah. He doesn't focus on himself. He sees the loyalty. He sees the the selflessness of Yosef, something that he's never seen in Mitzrayim, and that's what he says. <laughs> he saw this one midah. So, obviously, uh, Yosef was defined by that midah, recognizing that he is just a pawn in the... In the hands of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. as we mentioned earlier, he sees the hachana. He sees from the dream that he is meant, uh, he is meant to be there. Uh, Rav Zal Pliskin there in source number seven notes this Rav Chaim Shvulevitz and says another element, another way to look at this. What Paro did here was that Paro saw, and this is something that we could even learn from Paro. Paro saw one mida tova in Yosef Atzadik. And what did he do? That colored and defined his whole view of this person. He said, one midah, Yerushalayim, or selflessness. But that gave him the ability to view the entire personality. Note what happened here, he writes. Paro saw one minor positive point in Yosef's character and extrapolated from this to see the good on a larger scale. This should be our model in viewing people. Keep finding minor strengths and good qualities in others and then give the person positive feedback. We find something. What is it? To see something in another person. Right? Dan is kal ha'adam l'kavzchus. Why the Mepharshim explained? Look closely at the words. Doesn't say kal adam. Kal ha'adam. All of the person. There's something in the other person that we can latch on to. There's something in the other person that we can, we can learn from. That we mentioned a few months ago. Right, the thought of, of sinas chinam caused the, the base of English to be destroyed. What's the opposite? What should we have? So we usually think avas chinam, which, okay, it's true. That's what we colloquially say. But if we think about it a little deeper, maybe that's not what we should strive for. Avas chinam, what loving the person for no reason whatsoever. The other person has no redeeming quality, but I'm going to love him anyway. No, maybe the point is that we're supposed to look for something to respect, to honor, to learn from. Avas Yisrael. 
not avas chinam. That means you think he's a nothing. You think there's nothing you can learn from him. No, avas Yisrael. That's what we should try to uh, uh, follow and uh, take with us, right? This could help someone build a positive self-image. We could be positive with him. Unfortunately, right? But what's Lashon Hara? It's exactly the opposite. Lashon Hara is where we take one little minor detail of somebody and define that whole person based on this one, based on this one detail. Because one of the Bali Musars say beautifully, that's why what's Saras? Saras, the, 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 the punishment for Lashon Hara, because what's Lashon Hara? There's one spot, and I define the whole person by that one spot. That's Saras. A person has one, one spot, he's a Tsarua. He's a Mitzorah, he has to sit outside, that defines him. And what's the interesting, ironic halacha? If a person's whole body is full of Saras, the whole body, Mechusa Kol Gufo, then he's Tahar. Tar, what does that mean? Why should he be tar? His whole body should be even the worst. No, because then it must be something other than saras. Because saras, for Lashon Hara, is that you take a part of a person and define the whole person based on that part. But if somebody's totally covered, it's obviously some other type of illness, and therefore it isn't saras. So we learn the positive, though, from Paro. Because Paro saw one attribute in Yosef. Yosef had many, but he saw this one attribute, either of Yerashamayim or of selflessness, both very unusual and not found in uh, Mitzrayim at all. And in that way, he's able to um, take him and say he's going to be the one that is going to be the leader of, the, of my uh, nation in, in, the, in this time period. Okay. Rabbi Sachs, in the next um, essay that he has, focuses on Yosef and his brothers. Yosef and his brothers, Perak Membez, so they come down to Mitzrayim and Yosef speaks to them harshly. Yosef is the shalit. Vayar Yosef ezechav vayakirem. Yosef sees his brothers and he recognizes them. Vayisnaker alehem and he acts strange to them. Rashi nasalehem kinachri bidvarim ledaber kashos. He speaks harshly to them. Vayaberem kashos vayamalehem ayam bayin basem. Vayomer meers kenayin lishpar ochal. We came. We came to get food. And again, the pasuk repeats. Vayakar Yosef ezechav hemlo kiruhu. He recognized them. They recognized him. Rashi says because he didn't have a beard yet. He didn't have a beard yet when he left them. He was only seventeen. Shehinicham chasume zakan. They didn't recognize him. In those days, everybody had beards. Remember the story in by uh, David Amelach sent the messengers and to embarrass. I think it was uh, Amon. I don't remember, but uh, he sent them back half shaven. So the question is, the Radak asks, so just shave the other half, and then it'll be fine. It won't be embarrassing. That would be even worse. Because nobody was clean shaven then, so everybody had a, had a, had a beard. So Sakan, right? That's the um, Rashi. That's the Rashi. But there's another reason that if you look in the in the text in the Psukim, and this is what Rabbi Sachs picks up on. Sachs picks up on this. Is a, there's a pattern here. Let's go to the second page. I'm not going to read the whole article, but it says Rabbi Sachs here. If you look, turn the page to page number five. Page 60, if it says in the book, there were many reasons they did not recognize him. They didn't know he was in Egypt. They believed he was still a slave, while the man before whom they bowed was a viceroy. How were they supposed to think? It's totally out of context. Besides which, he looked like an Egyptian, spoke Egyptian, had an Egyptian name, Sofnas Paneach. Remember, he had the Melitz Benosam as a fake. Most importantly, though, he was wearing the uniform of an Egyptian of high rank. 
That had been the sign of Yosef's elevation at the hand of Paro when he interpreted his dreams. Right? What happened? What did Paro do in the earlier psukim when he decided that he's the one? Paro gives him his ring, of course. Vayasa Paro is tabato me'al yado. Not always focused on. He was given royal robes. Rashi, there. It was a davar chashuv to have these robes. Only certain people were zocha to these robes. The big day sheish, vayasim revida zav al tzavari, gave him a special golden necklace. And he had the chariot, the merkevas ha-mishnah. Rabbi Sachs focused on the clothes. Focus on the clothes. And he says, if you look in archaeology, archaeological discoveries, different ranks wore different clothes. The early pharaohs wore had two headdresses, a white one, um, a different one, all uniforms, clothes told a story. Or as we say now, make a statement. The clothes made a statement. This seems to be a minor matter. But, says the uh, says Rabbi Sachs, looking on the right side now, if you put it into context, the encounter between Yosef and his brothers is the fifth in a series of stories in which clothes play, play a key role. There have already been five stories in Sefer Bracious where clothing plays a role. And not only does clothing play a role, but it creates a cover of what really is. The first is Yaakov, who dresses in Esau's clothes while bringing his father a meal so he can take his brother's bracha. So number one, Yaakov wears Esau's clothes. Number two, Yosef's ksonas pasim, which the brothers brought back, right? Then they're covered with blood, saying a wild animal must have seized him. The third, Tamar, Tamar, putting on different clothes, taking off her big day almanus and putting on big day zona. Taking off her widow's dress, covering herself with a veil, making herself look as if she was a zona. Fourth is the robe, the clothes that Yosef left in the hands of Potiphar's wife while escaping to save his wife, to save his own life. The fifth is the one in Parshas Miketz. Here, Paro puts on the clothes. What do all these have in common? Five stories where clothes play a role. What is common, Rabbi Sachs says, in all five cases, is that they facilitate deception. In every case, the clothes, what you see is not what you get. In each case, they bring about a situation in which things are not as they seem. Yaakov wore Esav's clothes. Right? He was worried that Yitzchak is going to know who he is. He puts on the clothes. The smooth skin that Yaakov had would not be, um, would give him away. So he wore those clothes. Yosef's stained robe was produced by the brothers to disguise the truth. The fact that they were responsible for Yosef's appearance. Yaakov recognized it and said, this is my son's robe. Tamar. Tamar's appearance dressed as a veil. Elizona was intended to deceive Yehuda. So she wanted to have a child to be make him shame. And she had a nevuah. Potiphar's wife used the evidence of Yosef's robe to substantiate her claim that he had tried to seduce her. But it was exactly the opposite. All of these clothes are used in order to facilitate some betrayal. And maybe even, and we know the Lashon HaKodesh, the Hebrew language is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the word Beged is from the word Boged. Beged, he describes, clothing is by the word Boged, to deceive, to betray, because clothing could cover something. Clothing could, could hide something. Ashamnu Bagadnu, Bagadnu from the word Beged. Says Rabbi Sachs, but you know what the message for us is? you got to look beneath the clothes. You can't just judge a book by its cover. In all these cases, if the players would have looked a little closer, a little closer, maybe they would have seen. Some of them, right? Yaakov. Yaakov didn't know. I mean, would have done a DNA test on the blood. But 
But clothes that on the surface appear one way. I think there's a chizkuni that says, you know, if you think about it, Yosef, Yosef, if somebody was uh, possibly mezana with the H. Potiphar, what would be the punishment? He went to he went to jail. Why the Gosh should have killed him? No, they realized that there must be something fishy here. Because if he was the one that tried to get her, then she wouldn't have his clothes. He would have her clothes. If his clothes is there, then obviously she attacked him. That's why they didn't kill him. But they couldn't do nothing. So they put him in. They put him into jail. So if you look a little deeper, so then I think the Chazuni says that that's why he gave. He was nice to the Kohanim uh, later on when he took the land away from all of the from all of the Egyptians. But either way, in all these cases, clothing represents some type of of hidden truth. And maybe the message for us is that we have to look beneath the surface, right? Appearance, and he writes in the continuation, appearance and reality, right? Look at Shaul versus David. Shaul was head and shoulders above everyone. But he lacked self-confidence and he was always worried about what the Am was thinking, what the Am was thinking. While David Amelech, he didn't look like a king, right? He was Nechbab ben Akalim. He was Shoshmuel Anavi. Didn't think he was the king, but that was David. You can't, can't tell a book, right? And that's why, if you look towards the bottom now, the reason they did not recognize him is that from the start they allowed their feelings to be guided by what they saw. The coat of many colors that inflamed their envy of their younger brother. Judge by appearances and you'll miss the deeper truth about situations and people. We can't judge by appearances. We have to make sure that we look beneath the surface. Beneath the surface. Okay. One other idea. Again, I didn't get to the Haftorah this week to talk about, but uh, I want you to recognize it's very, not too often that we get to read the Haftorah of uh, Miketz, of Shlomo HaMelech giving the Psach. That's the one Psach. Maybe just to mention one thought about that, uh, that Haftorah before we get to the last thought on the Parsha. Uh, Rav Asher Weiss at this time, as we as we are still in the throes of this uh, Rachman al-Islan, of the the war that we're in, and uh, we're davening for all of Am Yisrael, we're davening for all of our children who are in Aza and all over protecting us. But uh, Rav Asher Weiss gave a, gives a, points out that many of the Shilas that come up now, whether it's regarding the hostages, whether it's regarding uh, other uh, um, aspects of the war. Um, there's no precedent for it, for some of the elements of the Shiloh. Why? Because there's a reality today that hasn't existed since Bayez Rishon. And that is the fact that we have Jewish autonomy, and we have a government, and we have a country to run and to live in, and we have to, that, that's an element that throughout the centuries, all the Shilas, even during Bayashini, we didn't have full autonomy. Sometimes you have to make a decision what's good for the country, and that, not Chumur or Kula, just different. There are different elements and different uh, aspects that have to be thought of when you're dealing with a national issue, and not just a personal individual issue of one person, one person being captured. But this is the country. So therefore, he says, the only place to look is Shlomo HaMelech. Shlomo HaMelech is the only, right? That was the last time we had autonomy. And he says, we don't have chubas of Shlomo HaMelech. We don't have, uh, you know, Divrei Shlomo. We have one psak of Shlomo HaMelech. And that's this week's Haftorah, right? Cut the baby in half. That's the only psak we have of Shlomo HaMelech. Other than that, we don't have. But okay, that's the Haftorah thought. But uh, let's get back to the end of the Parsha. The end of the Parsha, the Pasuk says that finally when the brothers came back, Mem Gimel Lamed Dalad. All the way towards the end of the parsha, they come back and they drink. They drink. Vayishtu, vayishkaru imo. That's what Rashi says. That's what the pasuk says. Rashi says, Umiyom shemachruhu lo shasuyayin. From the day that they sold him, they hadn't drunk wine. Velo hu shasuyayin, and he didn't drink wine. Vosvayom shasu. First time they drunk. So the question is, 
The Mepharshim and Rashi asked, Bishlamai, I understand that Yosef drank wine because he said, I'm not drinking until I get back to my brothers. So he recognized them. But why were they drinking wine? They didn't recognize him. Right? That's the Kasha of the Marsha. The Kasha of the Marsha. Right? The Gemara in Shabbos, last page. Uh, source number, page number seven, source number 11. It's a Kol Yechiel. It was again a Likot. Uh, Rabbi Yechiel uh, um, was the, uh, he was lived in Borough Park and he, he was a uh, Talmud of the Chavetz Chaim in uh, Rodin. I met him when I used to live in Borough Park, my early married years. So the Gemara says in Shabbos Kuflamites, Miyom Shapir Joseph Mechalotam Tamiyayin. Rashi quotes this Gemara. Afhemotam Utamiyayin. Say, as the Marsha there in Shabbos Kuflamites, Kasha, the Vada Yosef Shikirim, Shemachim Nicha, Shutalo a Neder. Fine, Yosef took it upon himself as a Neder. I'm not drinking until my brothers come. Avalheim Shalo Yodua Dynamu Yosef. The brothers didn't know. Lama Hutra Yom Nidram, why were they allowed to drink? Says the Marsha, Vyeshlomar Mipne Amas Hamalchus. They were scared. What does that mean they were scared? What does that mean they were scared? So he quotes a thought. Quotes a thought. Right? Because after all, what do you mean the Amos HaMalchus? Yosef forced them to drink wine. Yosef wasn't forcing them to anything. He said he put wine in front of them. Why did Yosef want Binyamin to come down? Because the youngest, even though he wasn't a baby, but he thought maybe he could get more information from Binyamin. Whether they're Moraglim or not. So that's why he wanted Binyamin, Nimsa, to call him al Yosef Shevi'amatalabeso. The whole hard work that Yosef wanted again was because he thought maybe he could get some information from him. So, the Gemara in Eirvin says, So, do you know how you get out secrets? You get out secrets by drinking wine. Nichnas yain yatsasod. Because then we're a little open, we're a little looser with our inner thoughts. Tekenu bateva. Mishum de yain yisamach lavav enosh. Yain, wine, makes somebody besimcha. V'yisrachi chalev, it softens the heart. V'oz mashayat sur v'kamus balev adhena what was closed up. Yatsa oz mikoach alapoel. Well, go out. V'lachin pachtu ashvatim. That's where the shvatim was scared. Pen biroz yosef kilo yishtu yain. The Shvatim were worried that if they refuse to drink wine, Yosef will say, oh, I know why you don't want to drink wine. You're trying to hide something. You don't want Nichnas Yain Yasasod. Faraya. So that's why they were scared. That's the shot of the Marsha. Marsha says, Amos HaMalchus, because part of the story is if we don't drink wine, if we refuse, so then he's going to think otherwise. He's going to think we're trying to hide something, and therefore they had to drink wine because of the Amos HaMalchus. Again, we have to think, the, the, to get into these stories, to try to read the stories from from the inside, to recognize the emotion. Again, these are the easiest to get emotionally involved into these parashiyas, but even to get into the, every detail of the story, as our great Mepharshim have, to try to appreciate what was going on, the metach, the pressure uh, from all sides that the brothers were feeling, that Binyamu was feeling, and Be'ed Hashem, just like the brothers got together uh, in this next week's parsha, we shall all be zocher for all the brothers to get together. Be'ezras Hashem with the Geula Shalema. Okay, we'll stop here, Be'ed Hashem, and we will continue.